Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlouis.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the Build Up, our podcast here on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks, where we get you hyped for the sporting weekend. My name is Mark Hardy, and as always, I am joined by Mick McCarthy. Mick are you excited for sport this weekend? Were you excited for sport last week because I didn't get to see you? And are you enjoying the Premier League being back? No, didn't get to see me last week, Mark, but I was very excited by sport being back. Uh, I watched a lot of it. That's what I find is that I'm, I didn't, when, say, the Bundesliga came back, I remember saying to myself, I'm not going to get lost in things that I didn't watch anyway just because I miss sport so much. But what I find is that I'm still watching all the nostalgia stuff. So I've got like air on watching the 1991 Dublin Mead saga every night of the week or whatever or an old Liverpool match from 1975 or something like that and I'm, kind of, I'm still enjoying that it hasn't disappeared and yet I'm watching kind of like every Premier League and FA Cup match that comes up and so I definitely didn't used to do that so I, I've kind of going to get a little I'm kind of watching more sport than ever which is mad I didn't think that could possibly happen in, on the, the 30th of June um, but it is and it's great like yeah so I'm a, we talked to Kevin last week Kevin Doyle about you know, it's being a little bit underwhelming, the Premier League's return, and it definitely is, but at the same time, I'm very glad of it existing, and you still get your moments and your highs and lows, and, you know, being robbed yeah. of a penalty shootout between Norwich and Manchester United because of a last-minute goal at the weekend, it wasn't any less annoying or dramatic because of the fact that there was no crowd there, you know? Yeah, there's some, I feel like the games, now, there are some other ones that have happened, like, Burnley, Crystal Palace the other night that were completely irrelevant. But like, I think the games are starting to pick up a little bit. Like Chelsea, Man City, even regardless of the fact that it meant that Liverpool won the league uh, the other night, it felt like yeah. a real. This is a proper game. Like that, both teams were breaking you know, up back to nearly back to full fitness. Obviously, Chelsea really needed the win. There was lots of drama. That was, you know, that was like I was like, okay, this is it. Now we're back. Now we're yeah. now we're sucking diesel. And if you look ahead to this weekend's games, which is what we do here on the build up, um, build up. You, you're looking exactly. There's, I think we were saying there's only really one game that doesn't really have anything right now. Bar maybe Southampton, Man City, and Burnley, Sheffield United are the only two that kind of like you're like, all right, well, you know, they're kind of non-events. Yeah. And even that, they could still watch Southampton Man City. That's probably going to, that could be a goal that's going to be the most yeah. game of the weekend. Exactly, yeah. That, that's like, the, that's an entertaining match. And City are kind of, like, there's a difference between being kind of lost in mid-table and being lost in second place. City are still kind of yeah. like gearing up to try and be ready for an assault FA on Cup the FA Champions Cup League. and Champions League at the end of the season. They don't want to just let everything slip, you know, and they're playing well and they're exciting to watch. And then even Burnley and Sheffield United, like, Two teams in opposite form, but actually strangely close to the table. And still, like, there is a possibility that one of those teams could get into Europe next year, you know, if, if everything is yeah. as normal. So it's like, it is weird. I was expecting it to be more dead rubbers. I expected it to be more like Monday night's game. Uh, but actually, weirdly enough, the season has kind of lended itself, luckily, to um every game being on TV and every and it being on every game like normally at this point of the well at this point of the season obviously not this point of the year uh there would be a lot of kind of three o'clock Saturday games that are only exist for uh you know fancy football and maybe having the having a bet or two or something like that. You know that there's no other interest in them whatsoever. But this season is weird. There's so many teams involved in relegation. There's so many teams that could get into Europe. There's a Champions League fight. The only thing there isn't is a title race. 
Yeah, true. And look, there's Liverpool have won the league since there. we last spoke to you as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So it's mad. <laughs> Liverpool win the league for seven thirty years. Look, we're forward, not backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to win it next year? Exactly. We've moved on. We've moved on from the straightaway. We're over it already. And we're going to be talking to Kevin Doyle uh, in just a second about the games coming up this weekend. Uh, we also will be playing our GA quiz as always. But Mick, I've got big news. Oh yeah, the return. Of the big shout. Oh, wow. Can you believe it? Yes, it is our listeners' chance and our, our chance to win two cakes and a sports biography <laughs> by making, if you haven't listened to us, uh, if you didn't listen pre listen pre-lockdown, you might not know what we're talking about, but it's our weekly competition where all you have to do is make a prediction uh, on the for the weekend, a big shout. The shout has to be 25 to 1 or greater odds on the labbrooks.com uh, website. You don't even put on the bet, just take a screenshot uh, of the prediction once it's 25 to 1 or greater if it comes off you'll win yourself two cakes in the sports geography this week it's back well it's back with a bang we're offering people the chance to enter all you have to do is email the gaffer at Balls of e, which are big shout but we also play along every week as well and this week I'm in the driving seat and Mick I'm sure I'm going to win it I'm yeah. absolutely I'm full sure I'm going to win it Mark I'm excited about the big shout being back but you've immediately brought me down and remember and reminded me that we're in same old, same old territory, which you promising to win every week and then getting nowhere close. But look, I'll listen, I'll, I'll hear you out and I'll judge whether you're going to win or not. Exactly. We've only had one winner so far in all the weeks we've been playing it, but it's back in a bang. I think everybody's, you know, rejuvenated after the rest. It's your chance when we'll be coming up, we'll be chatting with that later on and I'll be revealing what I've got in my big shout this week. We'll also be playing Labrooks 1-2-3 it's your chance to win 100 euro cash for correctly predicting the score of three of this weekend's games. So there's plenty to look forward to. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, be sure to do so. You can find us by searching the Build Up and Balls of E and all good podcast apps. Please also rate and review the show while you're there, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. It'd mean an awful lot to us. Without further ado, will we jump into the chat with Kevin Doyle? We're delighted to be joined on the line now, as always, by Kevin Doyle. Kevin, how are you? Good, and yourself? I'm not so bad. You were sounding very disconsolate last week chatting to Mick. The Premier League coming back it wasn't capturing your imagination. Have you enjoyed the games in the week that's gone by since no, it kind of picked up? Um, probably haven't got too many predictions right. Actually, haven't looked back to them. But the games picked up like last night, uh, like the West Ham, the West Ham one was good. Just a bit of excitement. So I wouldn't have seen that result coming. So that's what you want in the Premier League: surprises all the time, plenty uh, goals of action Liverpool win the league um, not a Liverpool fan but was was pretty delighted for them to be honest with you more for their manager they seem like I don't know any of them but they seem like a good bunch of players you usually don't like league winners unless it's your yeah. own team you don't like them. but all those players do seem like a decent bunch and their manager comes across as top top um, individual doesn't seem to get phased by anything you know talks sense most of the time like most managers seem to go cracked. He's been there five years, hasn't gone completely looper yet, like most managers. So, um, <laughs> you, know, you, you sit and you listen to him talk and he makes sense and he doesn't blame everyone else. So no, I was happy to see that. And um, yeah, sort of interesting now at the Champions League places. That's really tightening up. Leicester having a little mini meltdown. That's one prediction I got. Right. I was about to say, when you said it, I don't know if you're getting out of your show. I was like, well, you called Leicester a few weeks ago. I'm one of games it's. Yeah, they have. So I guess something right every now and again. Um, <laughs> And uh, United looking good. It's amazing, like, the United one, just thinking about it. And, like, all the people talking about Man United. And it wasn't me. I'm a Man United fan. I was always quite enthusiastic every second week to be let down. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, you hear us or whoever, us so-called pundits or whatever you like to call experts, 
so-called experts on the clue, but Man United can't be changed. It's going to take five, six years and they have to do this and that and have to get rid of the chief executive. And now it's a few weeks later, Bruno Fernandes changed the club around or a different club, this, that, and the other. Once that, like, it's, you know, it's amazing how quickly football changes and people's opinion changes and from, you know, taking another decade to sort Man United out and it's not possible <laughs> in a few weeks to, oh, this club back on the up and if they had a sign that started the season um, going on the ratio of wins or points, they'd be top of the league now and all this sort of stuff. So, um, that's football changes all the time and that's that's what's exciting that's what we get to chat about and talk about and makes a smile on your face definitely yeah with united like with fernandez uh has made such a big difference has there ever been any i don't know if there's ever been any players who were involved in club or maybe someone who's called up at international level who kind of he seems to come in and lifted the team people like you know you wonder for players sometimes maybe they're training away they're saying united are having a difficult season and then all of a sudden this guy comes into training and he's just lifting everybody around him yeah, I can't think of it. Oh, no, I can't think of Not off the top of my head. Um, he has had an impact, hasn't he? And it's more, you know, he's taken on responsibility with penalties and everything. He just, you know, I thought, you know, his initial start would be interesting to see after the lockdown how we come back you know, a bit of a break and that initial buzz of signing for Man United had worn off, but just kicked on again in the last few weeks. So, fair juice to him. Um, just can he keep it going? Um, but no, I've not seen it. Fair, you know, some some impact he's had in fairness, um, goals, yeah. assists, and then just you know, the, a, a sort of a not cockiness. I don't know. I don't know the word you're looking. Just uh, happy to take responsibility, sort of attitude. Um, and it's yeah, it's a pleasure to watch him at the moment. Yeah, he seems to have a great enthusiasm, just getting buzzing around the field pitch or whatever. But uh, and you mentioned Liverpool as well. I think I know we are usually looking forward here on the podcast games coming up, but uh, given that it's you know they've won the league since we last chatted, uh, I think the, the, where do they rank? Do you think in terms of the Premier League champions? Like this is it's it's because maybe that the season has been split. Uh, yeah. Some people made you know it kind of dampened it a little bit just because it was kind of gone foregone conclusion, but. Like when you actually look back across the course of the season, to drop points and was it three games so far? It's just an unbelievable achievement. Yeah, all around fantastic. That's the one thing I have. My brother's a massive Liverpool fan. That's the one thing I have on him. You know, it's not really a league. I can't celebrate it. It's not a proper win. <laughs> you know, all those things everyone's going to say to Liverpool fans. There's an asterisk beside their name forevermore. It's not when to do it in a proper season. That's when we know they're really champions. It's not a <laughs> top start version. So if you want to wind up Liverpool fans. Um, that's how you guys are certainly working on him. So, um, no, listen, they've been excellent. I know it's it's excellent. Like, Man City are lo- lovely to watch and, and everyone said they changed the game and, they, you know, no one could step up to the way they played and they had to try match Man City. That's the only way to win football matches. You have to pass things off the pitch in a, such a precise manner. Whereas Liverpool have come along and um, done it their own way. And in my opinion, in a more, like, it depends on your... Uh, it depends on your view of football, I suppose, and, and what you like better. But in my opinion, Liverpool are more exciting to watch. Um, I'd rather sit down and watch them play. I, you know, the, the way they've gone about it in their own way sort of changed football again a little bit. You know, from Man City's way to Liverpool's way is similar, and they oh, but they do it in their own way. Liverpool, the effort and energy they put into every game, and um, you know, it's the way I if I look at myself on a pitch. I don't think I could have played in the Man City team, and I've been. 99.9% people say I couldn't play Liverpool team but you feel how I played football is like how yeah. I like the Liverpool play Liverpool play press and running you close people down attacking people and then when they win the ball have the pitch going and doing some magic and small goals so um, 
you just feel as a player you'd love to play in their team um, and find it slightly more difficult to play in the, the Man City way of playing. In its own right, a fantastic football, but it's just nice that Liverpool come along and just a, uh, sort of a breath of fresh air in the way how they've played in the last couple of years. Do you see them now dominating for a couple of seasons or will anyone be able to mount a better challenge next season? Who knows? Uh, Man United just spoke about it. Fernandez says fit, they'd be top of the league if they had him at the start of the season. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know, the eternal optimist. Yeah, no, it's, it's difficult. Football goes on and on. Man City will spend money and they'll come back and maybe that'll be the thing that ignites Pep's hunger, hunger a bit. He hasn't looked as enthusiastic this season. They haven't been as good. Maybe that'll be the reason why he'll stay on. Just talking him leaving, maybe this will be his challenge. You know, come back again and show everyone that how they do it is the right way and he's still the best manager. I'm sure he's hearing all the plaudits clubs getting and he's thinking, well, you know, I want that. I want a bit of that again. Um, you know, you'd have to say Man City, an optimist as a Man United fan would say, Man United sign another player or two and they can be right there. On paper, like you look at Man United's squad of players, fantastic squad as well. They get it and gel it together. Um, Chelsea, I like what they're going about. It's some bad results yesterday, but forget that aside. I like I like Frank Lampard. I think it'll be a year or two too early for them, though, but I like the way they're going about it. But um, yeah, Man United, I suppose, as, as a Man United fan. Yeah. In how they've, you know, a, a big one for me would be Pogba thing. Is it ever going to be sorted out that situation? It seems to have settled out at the moment the last few weeks. They can get him, you know, playing too close to his ability. Um, Fernandez playing well. They did. Some squad of players is just you know, getting out of, uh, getting Pogba concentrated, forgetting about transfers. The COVID thing could be the best thing ever. No one has the money to sign him, so he just has to get on with it and, and stay at Man United and hopefully prove all his uh, doubters wrong. Uh, he's, when he's on it, as he's proven past, he's as good as anybody. Uh, obviously, the big match tonight is Liverpool against City. He doesn't have the same amount it had right now at this time last season, but uh, who do you think is going to win it? Um, I've had to pick a go Man City. I don't know. You know, you know, you can look at Liverpool, you know, pressure off them and they can go out and enjoy the game and win it or look at it and celebrate and they've won the league after such an time. I'd imagine there's been a fair bit of partying done um, in the last week or so. So, um, Man City have been playing well. So, yeah, I'd probably go Man City um, looking to, you know, not, you know, that chip on your shoulder that champions have, they're past champions and, you know, you don't want to be Liverpool coming and, and you know, having to give them a guard of honour and all this sort of thing. I'm sure that'll rank with a few of them and see if there's an item and fire them up a bit and, you know, fighting their party a little bit, show them this next season can be different starting now. So, um, yeah, I, I would see Man City having the edge. Yeah, definitely. They've got lots still to play for Champions League and that there evens on labrooks.com for the game tonight. Looking a bit further down the table, one man that I've kind of I don't know, I've, I've uh, enjoyed the, the kind of sticking it to everybody because they were predicted to uh, get definitely get one of the teams that everybody was saying definitely going down at the start of the season is Steve Bruce. I mean, Rafa Benitez has everybody's height to respect from, but the minute he left and Bruce came in, everybody's like, oh, what yeah. are Newcastle at? And now look at them, they're 15 points clear of relegation, I think it is, or I think it's 12 or 15 with, what, six games to spare. While the fans hate the owners still, the club is nearly sold at all times, it seems, it's on the verge of being sold. Um, protests in the sale, protests in the manager, and it, no matter who's the manager, they seem to be able to just keep it ticking over every yeah. season. Uh, if it was Rafa Benitez now, we're saying master tactician and this, that, and the other, and what a job he's done. Steve Bruce, like no one says that, which is very harsh on him. Um, I've played against him many 
times as a manager and I've talked to him a good few times over the years and he's um, you know as enthusiastic about football as anyone you could meet and has done a very good job in mostly, you know, most places he's gone I think the only blip is probably Sunderland but you know that's the case for um, <laughs> managers <laughs> <laughs> there. Uh, so yeah, fair uh, fair choice to Steve Bruce. Um, you know, one of the jobs of the season, I would say, you know, managerial jobs yeah. of the season. You know, and going about it, sort of. No, there's no one, no one singing their praises. No one, you know, said everyone would have said, yeah, one of the chances is going to be relegated. But Steve Bruce aside, Newcastle in general just seem to do that every year for the last good few years. Same situation, different managers. Managers arguing owners and the owner getting all sorts of stick, and he doesn't seem to give two essays, one tease about it. He just keeps tipping along. And um, yeah, you have to admire him as well for the amount of stick he's got. Still spend a good bit of money on players. They still, you know, he doesn't seem to be uh, causing as much, um, I suppose, arguments with fans as, as in the past. And um, yeah. They get if they get them them the new owners that are possibly going to happen and the money that's behind them Newcastle could be anything in the next few years. Interesting. Yeah. Do you find with uh, sometimes those managers who kind of go from club to club and they become nearly just not you know they're the source of poking fun at just because they've been around so long. Like I'm thinking like Neil Warnock now at Middlesbrough who's already got you know, no, went under his belts back again. Like they, they tend to not get the credit they probably deserve. Yeah, it's you know, it's a, I suppose they're tired with, a, you know, uh, an image or, you know, a style of play or whatever. I don't know, but they do jobs wherever they go, and that's why they get jobs. Chairman, you no, know, like Neil Warnock. I was just reading an article today, and he's um, he's called up his uh, long-time assistant. Um, I can't think of his name. The one in the Athletic, where they were saying he said it was like school kids. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Blackwell, who goes. Goes in most places with him. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just because I had Neil Warnock at Crystal Palace for a few months and the two of them were there together. And like, it's, they have a certain way of managing and it's a very effective. Um, and it's not all old school, you know, the, the image, what you think or what was written, you know, get yeah. it forward, get it in the mixer. You know, you see the famous or the famous behind the scenes thing with Neil Warnock 20 years ago, Sheffield <laughs> uh, United or wherever it was. Um, and it's not, he's not like that now. He's an older man and he's a lot more calm. He was like Crystal Palace with his camera. I mean, listen, he leaves it to the coaches to do a lot of the technical work. And he's a bit like a carrier in that for that time where he'd be chatting to players and just gene you up and giving you confidence that way. So every, uh, listen, he hasn't been around for that long. And then the likes of him and Steve Bruce without being good managers. They mightn't be, the, they mightn't be you know, Pep Guardiola. They mightn't be the top, top managers, but they're very, very good and there's a place for them. Um, and he'd do a job like he did with Cardiff, um, a very good job for a few years, like he's done everywhere. And Middlesbrough sort of need him. They've gone through a lot of managers and they've tried to do it, I suppose, what's known as the right way and this, that and the other. And they just need someone now to fight fires for them and keep them in the championship. And he will be X and that. And that's his role. And he knows it. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he knows that's what he's been brought in for. And fair to him, he's, he's, uh, he doesn't need the job. He can retire. He doesn't need to be traveling up to Middlesbrough. I think he lives down in the west coast of, down in Cornwall somewhere. He doesn't need that in his life, I'm sure, but he's just happy to go and do it. So, um, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have a lot of uh, respect for people like that um, who take a lot of stick but do fantastic jobs. 
Yeah, definitely. And um, one last one before you go, there's a, an interesting transfer rumour going around the last couple of weeks. Jeff Hendricks obviously leaving Burnley and he's been heavily linked with AC Milan um, and even Roma as well. So it looks like the Serie A move could be on the on the horizon for him. Do you think he's the type of player that'll be suited to Serie A? Yeah, he's got, he loves his hair, Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, why not? You know, he's playing in the Premier League with Burnley. Uh, you know, he's a good, technically good player, Jeff. Um, yeah, why couldn't he? I don't see why not. It's a free transfer. You know, he could end up anywhere. So um, I'd love to see him do it. I'd love to see him get out of, you know, not end up at, you know, I don't know, someone just run-of-the-mill Premier League is a run-of-the-mill Premier League club. But just, you know, take that. If he has the opportunity, go to a club somewhere in Europe um, and experience it and be good for good for him, but good for Irish football as well. Hopefully inspire other players in the future to do it. Good for his career, good for his uh, life in general to experience something else. So I hope he does. Exciting to be a reason to watch um, another league as well, an Irish player. So um, hopefully, I hope he gets the opportunity and he takes it. Yeah, definitely be interesting to see where he goes anyway. Well, Kevin, thanks a million. We'll chat to you again next week. No worries, Mark. Great stuff there from Kevin. Uh, weird thing about Liverpool, Mick, that I enjoyed that they mentioned on co-commentary yeah. uh, during the Chelsea Man City game is that they now hold the record for uh, the earliest win, Premier League title win ever, given the amount of games they had left, but also the latest Premier League title <laughs> win ever, given <laughs> where it is in the calendar year. Yeah, is mad. That, that, is a, that is actually a fascinating, fascinating anomaly. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, the the Liverpool story in general, like, I mean, I was just thinking there a minute ago, thinking about the celebrations of that, and I was like, what are the chances that Liverpool had the weekend off on the, the, the week that another yeah. team does them a favour and wins the title for them? You know, and you're like, they get those lads had the crack, and they, they, you know, it's not even going to affect them. They can go and play these meaningless Premier League games for the rest of the season, and like happily enough. But um, you know, the the mad thing about last Thursday night for me, Mark, was that I was like kind of watching Chelsea and City. I was enjoying it, but I was sort of doing other things, and like it was a good game. And I knew that Liverpool would win the league if it was a draw. You know, you, you, I knew the kind of I knew the connotations and the permutations, everything like that. But I kind of, like, in my head, Liverpool won the league months ago and there was no sort yeah. of drama to it or whatever. And I kind of didn't think it was a big deal. I really didn't think too much of it. And I was seeing on Twitter and some of my friends and stuff like that were getting kind of, like, Liverpool fans were getting, like, genuinely emotional. I was like, okay, bit weird. And I kind of turned on Sky Sports News and they had, like, you know, Kenny Dalglish on the worst line ever, you know, the worst video line ever where it sounded like his TV was on in the background. And it was all very funny. They had Carragher and Tomo and... Soonest, and they had Klopp on, and he was crying and all. And I got like yeah. completely sucked into it. And I was watching, I didn't go to bed until like 12 o'clock. And I was like, you know, when I was like half going to bed at like 10 o'clock when it started, you know, and it was, it was I couldn't, it felt way more historic than I was expecting, I suppose is my point. You know what I mean? It still is a big deal to go and finally nail it and a 30 year wait and et cetera, et cetera. I just, I thought it would be undermined by the fact that we already knew it was going to happen. No, like even if you look at, I remember looking at social media, like some people are, because one of the lads I saw who uh, his father had given him a, a champagne bottle uh, for his 21st and uh, he wasn't open it until Liverpool won the Premier League <laughs> probably about 10 years ago or more, I'd say. Got these things, these little moments, which I think was uh, nice for Liverpool fans to have. And look, they may be having them again because I don't know if anyone's going to come close to them for uh, the next couple of seasons. Like it's yeah. incredible 
it's especially now that you know because it's kind of split. That's because the season has been split. I wonder, do we will we lose a bit of focus or like you know we're sinking as much as it would have was all together and just how mad to play thirty one games and win twenty eight of them is yeah. like it's outrageous. It's insanely dominant and uh, like we've never seen it before. It's unbelievable, even the great Man City team. But they, they'd be the team I would look for now. I kind of feel like Pep will have the financial fair play issues about COVID and stuff like that are going to make cities, uh, you know, it's such a ridiculous thing as well. It was like, you know, Manchester City are back within the chance of dominating the transfer market again because financial fair play is set to be thrown out. It was like, surely they could account for that. You know, it's like if the, if the rules are, you know, oh, we let, we let financial doping happen again because everybody isn't getting in crowds. Anyway, that all sounds ridiculous, but apparently it is going to make a huge difference and City are going to be able to spend like drug containers. So are Chelsea. They've already bought Werner when everybody else is, uh, you know, uh, paying the poor amount. Yeah, so trousers on, yeah. There might be different teams next season. That's the difference, you know what I mean? So we might have Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, poor old Manchester United still seem like they'll be a little bit behind. They're not my behind. The problem they have is that probably if they go to sign, like United need a centre-back, but Koulibaly's the obvious one, but like he's you know a game changer for them. But he could end up going to Liverpool. So, yeah. it's like that's or the Chelsea, like, the two of them with, yeah. United, yeah, yeah. Same with another striker, same with another midfielder. They all seem to be getting linked to Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool ahead of United, which is the problem now. I don't know if United are able to attract the biggest players in the world, like the lads are saying on BT Sport. I think it was Peter Crouch was saying it after the one the league the other night. He's talking about uh, the Liverpool strikers going like, you know. Why would you leave? Where are you going to leave? You're Sadio Mane. You're going to who? Real Madrid that are looked to be in decline. Barcelona that are changing managers be the week. Like, yeah, you do. You do reach a point of success at at one stage where the whole there's there's uh, the the big move eventually kind of gets ruled out, and you've had the big move. You know, yeah. it takes a lot of success to get to that point though, because Real Madrid are always there as the move for some reason for these lads. Um, even though, I don't know, I think at this stage, I think I'd prefer to be at Liverpool, I have to say. Yeah, it's probably just experience of, you know, playing for Real Madrid, playing in Spain and all that, just as yeah. a, sort of a, for the for the joy of it all. But anyway, it is time to get on to Labrook's one 2 three. It's your chance to win €100 Euro cash. All you have to do is correctly predict the score of three of this weekend's Premier League matches. It's free to play on the Labrook's website. This weekend's games are Chelsea against Watford, Liverpool against Aston Villa and Southampton against Man City. I'm going to start off here with Chelsea Watford, Mick, and I'm yep. going to select 2 0 Chelsea. Um, Chelsea have been probably one of the best teams to watch since everything came back, although they weren't against Leicester in the Cup. So, what am I talking about? But uh, they've, they've won all their games so far. I will also go for Chelsea to win this game. Watford have actually been very, very poor since the first game they played. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, things can happen midweek and everything like that, but uh, I'll go for 3-0 for Chelsea, actually. I think that, that this will be handy enough. 3-0, yeah. It's, these are very hard to call this weekend, these games, because there's a few, like, like you'd say Watford are very poor form, but then they're fighting for their lives. So you think they might put up a bit of fight. That's why I'm only going for a 2-0. And the next one, Liverpool against Aston Villa, which I know is close to your heart. Liverpool have the league wrapped up, as we mentioned. So you don't know what sort of Liverpool team is going to show up to this. And then Aston Villa, I mean, Liverpool put out the under-10s at the minute and Aston Villa still might not win this match. What are you going for? 3-0. 3 nil to Aston Villa? No, to Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool. I'm going to go one off. I'm going to say <laughs> Liverpool 
uh, got to do you a favour here. You're going to get a one-all draw to this. Yeah. Just to keep the hope alive for another week, they just might stay up. <laughs> no, no, look, I, I don't have the, I don't have as much hope as I used to, but I also don't think that this result will define it. I think the other teams around the relegation zone are also losing points, like Watford, as we just talked about, West Ham and uh, and Bournemouth. They're all playing really, really poorly. So we're going to still be there or thereabouts. But I just they've got, Villa have had two points off teams in the top half of the table so far this season. Uh, oh, you know, there's a reason for that. The best performance mentioned a couple of weeks against Liverpool, funnily enough, um, at home. But you know, you have to you have to understand that this is just yeah. no matter what team Liverpool pull out, they're going to be Villa. Off the back of that stat, make I advise you to not read the rest of Aston Villa's fixtures for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Um, and the final game is Southampton against Man City. Another one that's really hard to call because Man City have nothing to play for, uh, but they're still Man City. And Southampton though are playing really well at the minute. So I'm going to go for a tight enough game here. I think maybe two one to Man City. Yeah, I I landed on one all, and I don't really know why, but I'm happy to stick with my gut on it. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a, I, it, look, it's a, it's a tough one. Small bone long and uh, Obafemi. You know, we're getting a bit of a Irish revolution at uh, at uh, Southampton at the moment. So I'm getting behind those boys now that the Burnley yeah. uh, the Burnley thing is breaking up big time. Uh, you know, so we have we're all about Southampton now. Yeah, if we could change uh, Danny Ings' name, maybe and pretend he's a young Irish upstart, it would be great as well. I don't know what we could call him, Danny O'Higgins. Dan O'Higgins. So, so that thing is massive. That game is on BBC One uh, this Sunday at 7pm. The other two games are on Sky Sports at 8 o'clock on Saturday for Chelsea Watford and half four on Sunday for Liverpool against Aston Villa. So there are selections. I've gone for 2-0 to Chelsea against Watford. 1-0 with Liverpool at Aston Villa and 2-1 to Man City away to Southampton. Mick, you've gone for 3-0 to Chelsea, 3-0 to Liverpool and 1-0 Southampton, Man City. But you can play yourself. Anybody listening, get onto the labbrooks.com website right now. It's absolutely free to play. Uh, if you get one score right, you get a euro free bet. If you get two, you get a five euro free bet. And if you get all three, you win a hundred euro cash. Mark, I won. I finally got a euro. I mentioned to Donny last week. I actually correctly predicted the score of Chelsea and Aston Villa. And I used that one euro free bet on ladbrooks.com for an accumulator last weekend that would have come true if not for um, that pesky former Liverpool player, Aspas, getting an equalising free kick, an absolute cracker against Barcelona in the last bloody minute of the game. My third minute of 95 or something like that to draw two all. And I had Barcelona in there, and other than that, I would have uh, I would have been turning my uh, one euro free bet from one two three into some cool uh, hard cash. So just so people know that uh, you can, this is a bit of fun, you know, and it is worth kind of getting on those one euro free bets as well. Yeah, exactly. If you're if like you're me, you'd have no chance to get the three. Most people <laughs> who listen to this will actually have a chance at the hundred euro, but not me. Definitely. But if you're having a bet on football or need anything else this weekend, be sure to gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlewy.net for more information. And speaking of accumulators, Mick, it's time for the big shout. Oh. Right, hold it. Stay Just it. hold it, Alan. Push him out. Steady, David, don't. Get round. No, no. don't. Bloody. Big shout. It is your chance to win two kicks and a sports biography. And this is the week I'm going to, I'm going to do it, Mick. We enter... The people play along at home. We play as well. You don't even have to put the bet All I feel is just make the prediction. Send us the screenshot or send us uh, the odds in uh, an email. Uh, send it to the gaffer at balls.ie. Once it's 25 to 1 or over and it go- comes off, you'll win yourself two cakes 
and a sports geography. Mick, I have won this week. It's my selection. It's four different things, and it amounts to 28.56 to 1. Are you ready? Yes. So, we're starting off with Leicester against Crystal Palace this weekend. Leicester to win a 3 to 5 on labrooks.com. Straight up, no messing about. Leicester yeah. have been poor since the restart, but Crystal Palace. Don't know how much they've got to play for anymore. I know there's an in and outside better shout of Europe, but that loss to Burnley was uh, was probably put put paid to that hope. So I think they may be going on the summer holidays. Okay, fair enough. Leicester badly need to kick up the arse because every match I've seen them in, they're playing like it's pre-season and they haven't qualified yeah. for the Champions League yet. So we'll see what Rodgers is made of. It's, I, I wouldn't Kevin's think. prediction, doesn't it? Doesn't Kevin's prediction from a couple of weeks ago where he said Leicester to drop out of the top, top five gets more and more interested every week? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's not wrong. He, like he's so far, he's made a really, really good shout, but let's see what happens. Um, I wonder could we have got that as a big shout, actually. Uh, right, okay, we've yeah. got Leicester against Palace. That's fine. Uh, Anthony Martial just outscored the opposition in Man United versus Bournemouth at seven to four. This is a, a bet that I never knew existed. Uh, up until today but yeah to outscore the opposition so I'm thinking he's going to score and Bournemouth aren't going to score basically um, and yeah. so that's it's just a little bit uh, better on than like Martial to score any time yeah. or whatever yeah um, yeah. he usually goes in sports so uh, and then Cardiff City uh, away to Bristol City Cardiff to win 7-5 away means nothing at this point uh, with no crowds really and uh, Cardiff have looked good since the restart uh, so I'm going to go for them as kind of me that's my kind of you know, anything could happen there, but I'm going to go for Cardiff 75 to win. And then finally, the Formula One is back this weekend. Uh, the, the 2020 season is finally starting. It's the Austrian Grand Prix, and Lewis Hamilton uh, is nine to five to win it. So imagining Lewis Hamilton win the Austrian Grand Prix again. Who knows what will happen? But uh, when there's a flux like this and there's lots of uncertainty in the air, I'm going to go with just Mercedes and Hamilton to to be ste- to steady the ship. They've had a couple of more months to improve the car or whatever as well. So. Uh, I'm going for Lewis Hamilton to win the Austrian Grand Prix, which brings it to 28.56 to 1. And actually, with the odds boost, it's 30.99 to 1 on labbrooks.com. So that is my big shout for this week. So you have Cardiff to beat Bristol City. You have Anthony Martial to beat Bournemouth, to score more than Bournemouth. And you have uh, Lewis Hamilton to win the Austrian Grand Prix. And what was the first one? That Leicester to beat Leicester Crystal to beat Crystal Palace. Okay. I think all of those things individually are good bets. Uh, they just never come off as four. So that's the reason yeah, they're third you won. And uh, best luck to you. And we will have to open up our office, especially to go and find one of the sports biographies uh, to give to you if you do win. And we'll order you two cakes. Um, look, I'm just happy to be hearing Grant Taylor's voice again, Mark, I have to be honest. Yeah, it's great. It's great to get it back. And also, um, look, at there's the, what else have we got going on this again? You had the Golf, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Starts on Thursday. I'm getting sucked back into. I was looking at it and I was like, a Decky Matsuyama at 18 to 1. Could I put it in? Squeeze him in there. <laughs> Good so old I was like, don't buy off. Don't buy off more than you can chew. So uh, I, um, I've got I stuck with that. And look, anybody can enter, like we mentioned. It's 20, all that, your odds just have to be 25 to 1 on greater. Send us a screenshot. Don't even put the bet on. Just send it to the gaffer of Paul Sully with the big shout in the subject line. And should you win, you'll get two cakes and a sports biography. Mark? Yeah, I don't know if you listened to last week's show, but me and PJ basically made fools of ourselves on uh, in the GA All Ireland quiz. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to your return as quiz master. I have to say, but I really, really need to redeem myself, and I feel like I've been waiting long enough. I think it's time to get to it. Yes, I listened. Uh, 
it was, I don't know who to blame, whether it's the quiz master or the quiz takers. Um, but Peter's off this week, so Donnie's gone into the quiz contest back to the quiz <laughs> contestant hot seat. I'm back in the quiz master. My, my fear this week, for this week's quiz, you don't know what year it is or what code it is yet. I fear that it's too easy. But time will tell. It's time to get to it. Let us play our All-Ireland GA quiz. Donnie Mahoney joins us now on the line in his quest. Donnie, is it true? Now, you can deny, you deny this. I know it's possibly uh, defamatory comments about right we're here, but uh, I would just like to just have a disclaimer here that these are, my, these are the thoughts of the general public and not me. That you purposely scuppered the quiz last week when you had to make it for Mick and PJ so that they wouldn't win it because you wanted to be part of the team that won the first ever GA Ireland quiz on the podcast. That's defamatory. I don't accept that. I was. I just wanted the quiz to live up to your own high standards uh, for challenging this, and so I decided to um, make the questions kind of hard. But I've always found that this is a hard quiz. You don't win in All Ireland by just sort of cakewalking through um, six months of the summertime. You got to work for it. You know. You want to get up maybe, to- maybe carry two thousand and seven and two thousand and nine. Yeah. Other than that. A few yeah, really sure, 2006. Yeah, well, Donnie, 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 you maybe stay on microphone there, you know, considering we're <laughs> recording an actual podcast. Sorry, uh, Donnie, given that you failed me such compliments, I'm going to say that the general public are wrong. And that you're dead right. Your quiz is perfect. And my phone has dropped to the floor in, uh, <laughs> in amazement Horror. there. As it's so, excited, so excited about this week's quiz. Lads, it's the same rules as always. You will start out in the preliminary round of the championship. You will ask, you'll get asked a question about each round. Once you get it right, you move on to the next round. If you get one wrong before the All-Ireland quarterfinal stages, you'll get to go into the qualifiers for a chance to go back into the quiz. This week, you will work as a team, obviously, as always. This week's quiz is going to be on the 2014 All-Ireland Football Championship. Okay. Me and Donny attended the All-Ireland final that year together. Well, that's right. Oh. Yeah. Well, then, if you get... Here's the problem. I think I've made, I think I've made the All-Ireland final question far too easy. Uh, I might change it as the thing goes on if you get to it. But uh, we'll see. I think, that, as always, the early rounds here are where you can fall come apart because uh, people don't j- tend to remember uh, them, them games. So we're going to start off here in the preliminary round of the Leinster Championship, or the open round of the Leinster Championship, it was called. Leash beat Wicklow 21 points to 111 in probably was May 2014. Which of these players was not playing for Leash that day? Graham Brody, Ross Munley, or Tom Kelly? Now, this isn't some sort of trick question where, like, one of them was out injured or anything. It's basically yeah. that one of them wasn't playing for the couple of years before or after. Yeah. This would have, this would have been the Carthage-Buckley um, reunion game, Mick. <laughs> That's right, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair point, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, poor so, uh, referee uh, who has uh, memories of the inside of a boot or not, as the case may be. Um, <laughs> Carthage. Was it Buckley? Luckily, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the build-up to this match was all about him in the time he got thrown into the boot. Uh, do I remember Where the match? I do not. Leash and Wicklow. So Tom Kelly, Ross Munley, or, Gra- or, or um, Graham Brody. Brody, yeah. So my instinct is Brody, Donnie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. Now... And then Kelly kind of jumps out as well. I'd be sure, I'd be fairly sure that Ross Munley has been playing for Leash forever and is still there. And Mark says there's no trick question on it, right? So it's not him. 
Yeah. Tom agreed. Kelly was... Was he on the O3 team? Couldn't tell you. I don't know anything about Tom. See, I think he won an All-Star. And it's a yeah. long time ago. But then again, I think Brody only came into the team. Leash got to the Leinster final in 2017, I think, against Dublin. And like mm-hmm. I think he was kind of coming into his oh, own yeah. then. So he might have been in the team a year or two. But I don't think he was there back as long as 14. Sorry, did Mark, did he start the game? Or was he? Was this person, um, were all these people who were involved, with? were they starters or were they in the yeah. team? Yeah, two of them started and the other one was okay. not near, not in the panel. My feeling is that uh, it would be Brody. Yeah, me too. Well, if we're both thinking the same, I think we should probably go for it. Wayne Lanzar? I hope Kelly wasn't. Kelly probably retired in 2007. That's, once again, you're out in the plenary round of the football championship. Ah, <laughs> the correct answer was Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly retired from Intercounty Football in 2010. Um, <laughs> probably was. Yeah, uh, and Graham Brody, like, what, that's what uh, I found interesting when I was looking back at the teams. I was like, geez, Graham Brody's around that long. He kind of rose to fame when he started wandering out of goals. Um, but he's been around for a good while, at least. He was starting goals that day. But all is not lost, because you go in to the qualifiers. And should you get the qualifier question right, you will go back in at the stage from which you left, which means you'd be going back in ahead of the qualifiers. It just means you have no back door after that. Your qualifier question for the 2014 Alerta Football Championship who did Longford beat in the first round of the All Ireland qualifiers? <laughs> I, I know this question. It's the Derry. That's the, <laughs> the correct answer is indeed Derry. Nice. Oh, God, people won't know what we're laughing at if, we didn't if you don't listen to this every week. Over the course, we've done many, many quizzes of this, but three times the lads have gone in, <laughs> gone into the football qualifiers. Any time they've required a qualifier question in these football quizzes. The answer and question has always been about Longford Derry qualifier matches because they play each other every year. So sometimes it changes who, you know, sometimes Derry beat Longford. But once again, Longford did indeed beat Kelly Derry in the first round of the All Ireland qualifiers. So it means you're back into the main game, but you've got no. Uh, Back door now, so you've got to be careful here. In the Ulster quarterfinal, what two teams grabbed headlines after a schmuzzle broke out during their pre-match parade? Oh, this was the Kieran McKeever game, Mick. Uh, yeah, it was Cabin, wasn't it? And, and uh, Matt? Sounds right to me. I, yeah, I, I remember. I can see the blue and the orange. And uh, yeah, it was Cabin and Armagh, I'm sure of it. Yes, it absolutely was. Parade Gate has become known. Um, it was the second Mark year would never row. get through an All-Ireland football <laughs> quiz uh, without a Cavan answer anyway. In my defence, the Ulster Championship in particular, or like the provincial championships are very hard to do questions on because the Munster and Connacht Championships are interchangeable every year and Dublin always win the Leinster one. So the only one there's ever any talking point of is the Ulster Championship. Um, moving on to the semi-finals with that in mind. The 2014 Connacht semi-final saw Mayo beat Roscommon by a single point. Can you remember the game? No. No. See? Uh, one of the starters for Mayo that day would go on to captain a different team in the Connacht Championship a few years later. Who was he? One of the starters for Mayo. Yep. So, a Mayo player in 2014. This is, so, this is a Mayo team that went on to lose to Kerry in a replay in the All-Ireland semi-final Donnie just in terms of jogging your memory obviously nice. went on and played for London did he? or well yeah, yeah, must have, yeah. London or New York yeah 
I would guess it was, yeah, it's a fair point actually, it could be New York. Did Tom uh, can they played Tom in the All-Ireland Championship, Mark, yeah? This person. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, did you say Tom Kniff? Yeah. I don't know why that name comes to mind. Tom Kniff. Um, what was the guy who played for uh, Castle Bar Mitchells, who was centre forward? He was their only uh, county player the year they got to the All-Ireland Final. The only guy I remember wasn't Tom Kniff, not... He's the Castlebar Mitchell's player, I remember. Oh, maybe it's so, him then, yeah. Okay. Maybe we're thinking of the same person. But maybe... <laughs> I don't know if... I don't know if that's right at all. That's just a name that comes to mind. Um, that he went out to play for London? Like, well, I don't know. I don't... He's... End of Varley. Uh, yeah. I'm he trying to think of Oh, yeah, so it's Dublin he went to. That Mayo team. Think back. If we're out here, we're out. So it wasn't like in goal would have been David Clark or Rob Henley. They both saved with Mayo. Then yeah. you probably had Keith Higgins playing the game. You probably had Jared Cafferkey. Jared Cafferkey, yeah. You probably had I don't Kevin know, would Keith. it have been Brendan Harrison or maybe before maybe that was slightly before his time. Lee Keegan and Colin Boyle. Yeah. Uh you probably Cody had Vaughan, Donald Vaughan, yeah. You probably had a couple of the O'Shea's around. Yeah, maybe like a Barry Moran or someone. Yeah. Um, you would have had Kevin McLaughlin. You would have had like Jason Doherty, uh, yeah. Andy Moran, Alan Dillon would have still been there. Freeman was he still there? Freeman, yeah, yeah, about 2014 probably. Don't know if he's starting, but I'm just I'm just going through the thing, trying to get yeah. rid of the lads that definitely stayed. Um, just Kniff is a good call. I something rings a bell about that for me too. Well, we've named every male player from that. that kind yeah, of well, era. Killian O'Connor obviously. Once you get down to, um, don't know if Dermot was there around 14. I think he was. Maybe maybe he was a year later. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go with Tom Kniff. It's your instinct. Okay. Final Tom Kniff. Yeah. Go with Tom Kniff. The correct answer is Tom Kniff. Oh, yeah. New Donnie. York wow. captain. New York. Uh, yeah, big, when New York played Leitrim, when it was like one of the best games, the yeah. most entertaining there. I listened to that on the radio. I yeah, Tom Kniff was captain. And it was funny because you named the team and the, the, the only one you seemed unsure of at the start was like, they were like right, there was Rob Headley, Jared Carpenter, Keith Higgins. And I don't know who would have been cornerback. It was Tom Kniff. Then <laughs> <laughs> you got Lee Keegan, Colin Boyle, Vaughan, the three O'Shea's, Jason Doherty, Kevin McLaughlin, Alan Freeman, Killy Connors. So you pretty much named the entire staff. Yeah. Team, except funny enough, funny enough, the first, the reason to go through the team was to see what, to what position we were unsure of. And then I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just started naming every person who's played the yeah, Mayo yeah, last yeah. year. But anyway, you're through to the provincial finals, lads. Who would have thought of after your early uh, stutter? Dublin answer. hammered Mead. In the Leinster final, three twenty to one ten. Name any of the goal scorers from that match. Three twenty to one ten. Yeah. I don't remember that game at all. Do you remember the game at all, Mick? Like I think I do, but then again, I could be thinking of last year's Leinster final for all I know. Do you know what I mean? They 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 play each other a lot. Yeah, I'll give you the clue, right? Okay. It's a tricky question. Okay. One of the goal scorers got engaged last week. You? No. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> Mark Farrelly. So that doesn't next, mean anything to me. I didn't see anything about. That. Yeah, I didn't see it either. So that Dublin team, like if you just think of the forwards that are there in that year, that was like a very good. I mean that Dublin scored a lot of goals. That sort of that that championship up to that Donegal game, and you're thinking, I mean, this Paul Flynn, Dermo. Kevin Max always good for a goal. Yeah, uh, Burno's around there doing a lot those days. Yeah, Paul Mannion. Uh, Paul Mannion, the young guy coming through. Yeah. Um, Alan Brogan, maybe. Maybe. Well, Alan Paddy Brogan Andrews is, Paddy Andrews is probably around, kind of starting team. Um, and what, well, who's married? Brogan's married. Bernard Brogan's married. Alan Brogan's married. Paul Flynn. All right. <laughs> I wonder was it is it Derek Conley? I give who you got, a clue. Who got Mead's goal? Mead's. It was the Mead player that got engaged, is it? That's the clue. It doesn't narrow it down. But uh, <laughs> just in case <laughs> any, any double players are listening going, wait a minute. <laughs> it gives me to get engaged and I'm married 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. Well, the media player who's active on social media. It um, wouldn't be him then. Oh, geez, I have a clue. We could probably just pick one out of our arse, though. Like, it was rare a game went by that Dublin didn't, that Kev McMenamin didn't come off the bench and get a goal. That's true. Uh... Although he's more of an All Ireland semi final, All Ireland final <laughs> kind of guy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I just jogged my memory. He doesn't do it in the big games of Leinster no. final. But he's as good a guess as anybody. Um, I suppose, yeah. Oh, this is a there? bloody hard one now. This could be over before it starts. We could be out in the provincial championship two weeks in a row. Oh, Me being well, the only common thread, I'll have to be sacked for next week. Was there any... Just going to that Meath team, was there anybody like Keen Ward type or somebody yeah, well, a little bit younger? Yeah. Um, Graham Riley. Younger, like the is twenty fourteen. There's no memory of this Meath team. Did Mead go on and do anything, Mark? You can't answer that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But just from my own memory, I don't think so. I haven't the foggiest. Like, 2014. Um, Who was midfield with Macaulay? Dennis Bastic. Yeah, maybe. Then you had probably Jack McCaffrey and James McCarthy on the wings. Uh, Paul Flynn. What about Dear McConley? I think it's a really safe guess, you know. Very, he was very good. Dear McConley, Mark. Final answer. No. Named. <laughs> your tone suggests that it's not. <laughs> we'll go back to psychology again. Yeah. 
Donnie's disappeared off the screen here. I don't know where he's gone. I'm having. I'm just thought if I reclined a bit, I might think more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have to push you for an answer, though. I know, I know. Um, 2010. 2014. 2010 mm. is what I keep thinking of because I might be able to answer that if you ask me that question. This is the eventual final problem. Like, who would have taken penalties for the for Dublin? Like, in those... Mm. Not well, been... Mannion, seemingly, but he always uh, seems to miss, but he seems to, still seems to stay on them. Oh, God. Because there's that year that Mannion Man- Man- went to China... I think oh right yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Joe will do. I give you the clue for each goal scorer. Now okay. that's not saying there's every chance he's may have mentioned them already. So don't read into this lad to this or the other, right? Uh, first two goal scorers uh, that I've listed here, they both wear long socks. The other goal scorer oh. uh, scores a lot of goals, and the other goal scorer got engaged. Okay, uh, so I would well, say that the answer to that is Bernard Brogan, Paddy Andrews, and uh, what was the third clue again? Scores a lot of goals. Kevin McMenamin. Scores a lot of goals. <laughs> so I think that's, I'd say the three of them are probably the answer. Yeah. Um, what's the safest there? Is Paddy Andrews wearing long socks? Is there the, that's the thing Mark would pick out about him. He'd pick out something else for Bernard Brogan. Mm, but how many people in the Dublin team wear long socks like? Um, like not that many, do they? I don't think so. I could be completely wrong here. I'd like double check. Like, oh god! Oh no, Paul Mannion wears long socks. I think, or at least he did, or does now. I don't know. It's all very confusing. There was a lot of goals. That's McManaman, isn't it? Yeah, that's his. That's the McManaman Davis Davis bet. Right, Dad's I'm calling the time on this because he's spent four hours on it. Well, we were always going to go with Kevin McManaman. <laughs> Kevin McManaman, congratulations. Yes. You could have went with Vera Brogan, Onogara, Kevin ah. McManaman, or Mickey Newman. Mickey, I got Mickey Newman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the worst thing is, is this yeah, has gone for 45 minutes and the first people you named were like, <laughs> Kevin McManaman's good for goal. Uh, <laughs> uh, Donnie was like best friends with the lads. He's like, Dermo, Berno. And uh, Mickey Newman, and like, so you've named the first four names you gave for like or five names you gave for. We didn't say Onogara, but, yeah. yeah. but if, if we did say Dermot Conley, we would have lost, no? And I nearly yeah. went for Paddy Andrews, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That was the funniest thing you had Bernard Brogan, Paddy Andrews, Kevin Benham, and Mick Ed. You didn't answer the Mickey Newman, but like they would go with Paddy Andrews out of three of them, and I said, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Anyway, we, we were setting on the so, time we came back in. Yeah, you were setting on Connolly only. I maybe gave you too much of a hint by being glum about <laughs> such a final answer. Quarterfinal question, lads. Two of the 2014 quarterfinals uh, were won by a single point. Can you tell me who played in either of the matches? The quarterfinals were played by were won by a single point. Yes, yeah, two of them were big wins, was and in then two the semis, of them. Danny, in case this jogs your memory, Dublin, Donegal. Yeah. Perry yeah. and Mayo. Yeah. Oh. So I was trying to think about my own life in that summer of 2014. <laughs> I think. I, I, what I a think, glorious summer it was. <laughs> I, I kind of think that was the summer that Kerry played Kildare in the quarterfinal and beat them by, by like 15 eight, goals. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, no, that could. I think that might have been 2015, wasn't that when they got to? Yeah, maybe it was. Oh, maybe I don't was. know. Um, Donny Gall. No. I don't remember. So who who are you talking about? Like Toronto. Like I'm just trying to think of other teams that would have been around. Mayo, yeah. Dublin. Like there was very much the top four that got into the. Yeah. Um. May so it was 2013 that Mayo obviously hammered Donegal, Kerry beat Cavan. So yeah, I'm 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 remembering the year before for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Mark, could you just repeat the question one more time? Yep, uh, both or sorry, two of the quarterfinals uh, were won by a single point. Can you tell me who played in either of the matches? think I mean I think it's trying to if we're, it's likely that it's the Donegal game and the Mayo game and then it's kind of like who who could they who did they both play yeah um, and if you, if we could like yeah who was around and who was like kind of feisty like Monaghan sort of alright in that era uh, Monaghan Tyrone um it's probably everybody from up there. So then you're talking about Cork and yeah, Galway. Yeah, there's probably not that many. One clue I'll give you is, it's not even a clue, it's just more of a sort of a thing to bear in mind. Think about the provincial finals as well. Yeah. And the fact that provincial finalists can't play each other again. Okay. I don't think that narrows it down at all, but <laughs> it's just like I don't remember the games. I have to be honest. What year did Kerry beat Tyrone, Donny? No, we've already talked about that before. Um, did Mayo beat Tyrone? Yeah. We only have to name one match, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of can remember a game on Sky between Mayo and Tyrone, like. I don't remember that much about it. But this wasn't Sky, though, was it? So it would, although the, oh, yeah, the football quarterfinals were on Sky, aren't they? I think this may have been the first year that the games were on Sky. Um, if that helps you. I'll let you as well. I'll let you <laughs> name two matches. If that makes sense. Uh, we could be wrong about one of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I just... Oh... Oh no! Sorry, I just oh. <laughs> I just remembered the I was just had a flashback of the um, that Conrad Manis game with Joe Brawley, but that was the following year. No, that was yeah, that was twenty thirteen. Um, I'm sure neither none of them got to the semi-finals. No, I I think Mayo Tyrone is a really good guess, and then I think Donegal Cork. No, that was two thousand twelve. Like. Oh my god. Let's go with Mayo Throne as one of the guesses, um, Mark. And then the other one, who do you think Dublin bet? Dublin probably bet someone well. Can't see them only winning by a point. Donegal I think Dublin beat Cork, Kerry beat Kildare, Donegal beat Monaghan and Kerry and Tyrone beat Cork. Yeah. Okay. 
pick one of them then. Or Tyrone didn't beat Cork because Tyrone sorry, weren't in the same sorry, t- sorry, sorry, sorry. I meant to say the fourth one was um, Mayo beat Mayo beat Tyrone, thank you. All right. Well, let's say Mayo and, Dun- and, and, and Tyrone, Mark, and let's say... Who did you say, Donegal? Monaghan. Wow, I don't remember that. Don't Donegal and Monaghan used to always play each other in the Ulster final, though. Which <laughs> is like every year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Wasn't there... Uh, wasn't there a year that Cavan reached the quarterfinal? That was the year before. That was what I was saying a few minutes ago, yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, for the love and honour. For the love and honour of suffering Jesus. That's... Yeah. Gonna have to push this for an answer. Sorry. The silence. I'm gonna keep talking. Oh here. my this god! Is a, an audio, an audio format. Obviously, there's a lot of solemn contemplation here between the two lads. So the question, obviously, is: two of the games, the 2014 Ireland quarterfinals, were won by a point. Name the participants in either of the matches. You have two goals of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, let's say Mayo and Throne. And then... Mayo and Throne, locked in. Now you can name... Uh, so what oh, we just have you to name, name two, a team, is it? So name... You can name... You can give two selections. Yeah. One of them just has to be right. And you can have the same teams oh. in both selections. That makes sense. Obviously, you wouldn't have both. <laughs> the two same teams. But if you want to go yeah. Mayo and Cork, or whatever you said, um, as examples there, then you can include them like, again. I think... I'm just trying to think. I think Galway were knocking around one of the quarterfinals, like around this time. I don't know if it was 2014. Oh. I'm pretty sure, like, you'd have to imagine Tyrone got that far, wouldn't you? Yeah, Tyrone is fine. It's just trying to remember. Tyrone and Dublin, goal. maybe. No? So that's. Throne Dublin, Throne Mayo. Throne Dublin, Throne Mayo. Well, Are you happy with that, Tony? No, I'm not happy that, that Dublin and Throne would have played a one-point game that we wouldn't remember. Okay. So I would say Throne, Donegal, Throne Mayo. I don't think Donegal Throne. played Throne. <laughs> well. Like Donegal won the all like Oh, they didn't win the All-Ireland. Kerry won the All-Ireland. Is it Kerry, Donegal... Kerry, let me think, because Kerry won the All-Ireland. So you can, uh, you can always remember Pat's the All-Ireland final, right? So Kerry won when they win. So Kerry beat Donegal, they beat Mayo. Who did they come off? I think they beat Kildare. They beat Cork. And the I, I think they beat Galway, Donny. Yeah, maybe it was Galway, yeah. But either way, they... But had... it wasn't by a point anyway, was it? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was... I think it was comfortable. Okay, let's just go with it then. Come on, Tyrone Mayo and... Um, what did you say? Donegal and... Or... Or Donegal and... Uh, Monaghan. I don't or maybe know. another... Do we want to guess another Mayo match? Like Mayo-Monaghan? Yeah. Sure. Or who would be another team that would lose by a point? Cork? 
Danny looks if he's lost the will to live here. Mayo Cork. So that your final answer, lads. You're going with Mayo Tyrone, Mayo Cork. Yeah. Donnie, are you happy with that? Make yeah. Things have gone now. He's named for 45 matches. <laughs> this is the longest question I've ever heard in my life. The correct answers are Donegal beat Armagh by a point. Oh, Jesus, we didn't have that. Dublin beat Monaghan 222 to 11 points. Kerry beat Galway ah. 120 to 210. Oh, and so Mayo, Mayo beat Cork oh, 119 to 215. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> can you believe it <laughs> literally never mentioned that as a possibility for <laughs> 20 minutes of that 21 minute uh, conversation you had on the question yeah. gotta got it right holy god right okay well semi-final come on semi-finals <laughs> who kicked the equalising point in the drawn game between Kerry and Mayo sorry actually yeah go with that never mind <laughs> I was going to give you an option here. You said two, you said two, two uh, options here. But I'm going What's to the other option? No, it's too much. You're giving too much away because you know that question now. Oh, I see. Do you remember that? Um, I have two, yeah. two people that I, jump into my head. David on. Moran and Paul Gainey. Okay, it was neither of them. Okay. It was... was... <laughs> <laughs> so... Donna, he sets up O'Donoghue who scored the goal, right? And I think they're down one. And then there's a guy who's in that team. His name doesn't necessarily jump to my mind. Oh, is it Brian Sheehan? I think Brian Sheehan has a free to win the match that falls short. And that there is one of those guys who played for like... He's one of those guys in that 2014 team that wasn't necessarily, you know, like of the pedigree of the Gooch era team. But... I, I just I couldn't tell you. I don't know his name. Oh, no Jesus! I thought you were setting me up for the answer. <laughs> no, I'm hoping to jog your own memory. A forward, like? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'd like to remind both of you that we discussed this moment. Yeah. When we're doing the best 25 GA moments. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, that's hoping. why it's Brian Sheehan, isn't it? Mm, let's just run through just some players on that team, right? So you had. Donahue's player is footballer of the year. Donahue obviously makes a big contribution. Um, Gainey scores a yeah. goal in the All-Ireland final. Um, Donica Walsh. Donica Walsh, they're doing a lot of hard work. Um, there's like, it's naming players now, but like Shane Enright's and the Fionn Fitzgeralds and the... Paul Murphy and uh, Killian Young, those mm. boys. Um, Mark O'Shea. Yeah. Yeah, that's the majority of the team. We're kind of missing 10 David, or 11. David Moran. Um, David Moran and I think, yeah. Oh, I I, I think it's Sheehan. I, I just remember I, discussing, I, discussing this with you and Mark on a conference call maybe two months ago, and I didn't remember the guy scoring this point. So, but I'm pretty sure you were the one who was saying who it was, and I don't remember you saying Sheen. I think Mark would probably agree with me if we could ask. Um, but I don't so really... I was the one bringing it up at the time, but obviously just watched it, are they? Well, maybe no it was brought it up. I'm going to make things more dramatic here. Do you know that? Because that quarterfinal one, I think me and the listeners all nearly fell asleep when you were going through the different teams. So I'm going to give you two questions. I'm going to give you an opportunity to change your question if you want. 
Yes. Right, so you can go with a guess, or there's another thing, and the question will be on the replay. So either now, who knows? It might be harder. It might be easier. <sighs> but you're now, it's the opportunity here to. Well, Donny, would you agree that we take the other question because we're not sure of the answer? Yeah, for the crowd. Yeah, come on, let's and go. And for the drama. Yeah. Other question: At what juncture did Mayo Mick, Mick enter the field in the Mayo Kerry replay? Can we go back to the other question if we want? What do you mean at what <laughs> juncture? It's like at what juncture? Team. So, like, was it, you know, after a goal? Was it straight after half time? Was it before the half time whistle? Was it at full oh, time? I think it was, was just halfway through extra time. The... I think yeah. it was. I think it was like because what happened was the 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 melee and all that stuff happened right at the end of normal time, and then I think as the game was getting ready to restart, Mister Mick from Mayo. Yeah, that would be my uh, first guess. Raided like, the field, didn't he? <laughs> what yeah, a great moment. <laughs> what I don't a, think the two greatest games of Gaelic football ever played. <laughs> and I don't remember anything about them. <laughs> because he didn't, there was, if you think of just junctures, there was no like clear, I don't really remember any other junctures that might have It would have been after, after the a penalty or something like that. But, or I remember, cars, I, but. There was definitely controversy over like the amount of injury time played, um, and I think that might have got his goat. But that, I think, yeah, yeah, I would, I'd say but like yeah, between full time whistle, isn't it? And that's the kind, that's the juncture, like yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. Well, we just full time whistle, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, Johnny, go on ahead. There's just no psychology at play here. It was only getting clarity. Just make you just what if you wanted to cast your eye, your mind back towards any. Carry footballers from that team who might. The previous question. We so we're not allowed. We changed the question. Can we not? Can we not go back if we? If no, we you can decide. Yeah, what? Which one? Go with what one is one? Two hours answer. into this podcast now, lads. Can we? Okay. Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go with that. At, after the full time whistle. After the full time whistle, lads, you're out of the championship. I give you every <laughs> chance. <laughs> the correct answer for that was the uh, Mayo Mick entered the field. In the, I would have said the last minute or the first minute of injury time in extra time. So the Mayo were going, trying desperately to get an equaliser and they were being fouled by Gary players and that's what set the whole melee off. That's and the correct answer is... Yeah. Uh, you said the last minute of normal time, so why is that different to the, when it's the last minute of extra time? You made it sound like no, the last minute. the full-time whistle, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, what was the other answer? And... The other answer was Kieran O'Leary kicked the equalising point. Ah, uh, Donny actually had there. that so right, didn't he? He just said he yeah. couldn't remember his name. And you were naming all the people. I knew the minute Donny'd hear the name and it'd click with him, but he just never, <laughs> no one ever named it. Quickly Sorry, before we I go, didn't give you time to do that. Come on, give us the final Your All-Ireland final question would have been what significant occurrence happened in the opening minute of the All-Ireland final? I need to be specific. Uh, that's very easy. Paul Gainey scored a goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's the only question I've known for, since uh, <laughs> since the Kieran McKeever fight. It's too late, too late, lads. Uh, you're out of the championship. Another All Ireland <sighs> final exit uh, or semi final exit didn't make it through. That was, I mean, that was torture at some points. Yeah, can I, can <laughs> I start really start looking this? at these championships so I don't come across as such an Egypt? Like I, I don't need to know the one in advance, but I think I am going to have to start going back and reading up about this and all that. and read them up, read up on them, yeah, because it is very yeah. hard. Like I mean, nobody remembers Dublin against me in the Leinster final. Not even no. Dublin fans. 
Mead fans, maybe because it haunts their nightmare or haunts their dreams. But anyway, lads, it's time to get out of here. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to the show by searching the Build Up on Balls Study on all good podcast apps. If you just listen to the GEA quiz, be sure to listen to the rest of the podcast. We talked to Kevin Doyle with this weekend's Premier League pictures and much more. Also, while you're there, please rate and review the podcast. It'll mean an awful lot to us. But until we chat to you next week, mind yourself.